Compass Media Networks. This is America's First News. This morning with your host, Gordon Deal. A sense of optimism. Good morning, I'm Gordon Deal, along with Nicole Murray on this Wednesday, February 28th. Glad you could join us. Here's what we have for you this hour. Congressional leaders are sounding an optimistic tone about being able to avoid a government shutdown this week. Trump and Biden each won their party's presidential primary in Michigan, but red flags were raised for the Biden campaign. Disaster declarations in the Texas panhandle where windy and dry conditions have sparked out-of-control wildfires. And how flight attendants do more than just serve food and drinks. The reason that they're there is to keep everyone safe, uh, and especially in, in the event of an emergency, to make sure that people know what they have to do and can get out or get to safety as quickly and efficiently as possible. Zach Wichter at USA Today on the forgotten job duties of flight attendants. A productive meeting at the White House regarding government funding, apparently. President Biden and the top leaders in Congress made progress toward avoiding a partial government shutdown at the end of the week. That said, their meeting yesterday did not produce a deal on finding funding for Ukraine. House Speaker Mike Johnson told reporters we'll get the government funded. It was uh, frank and honest. I think we need more frank and honest conversations on Capitol Hill. So I was happy to participate in this. House Democratic leader Hakeem Jeffries. It was an intense meeting. It was an honest meeting, and ultimately it was a productive meeting. Almost two months ago, Johnson and Democratic Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer agreed on a $1.6 trillion discretionary spending level, but political infighting by House Republicans has made it hard for Johnson to pass funding bills. Johnson said his primary concern is addressing southern border security, a subject he said he returned to repeatedly, including in a one-on-one session with Biden. Make it five in a row for Donald Trump this presidential primary season. The former president cruised to victory in Michigan yesterday. The AP called it after just 60 percent of the votes were counted, with Trump leading Nikki Haley 68 to 27 percent. We win Michigan. We win the whole thing. The auto workers are with us. We have so many people with us. President Biden also won Michigan, but lost votes from some who were angry over his support of Israel's military campaign against Hamas. Democratic voters in heavily Arab-American suburbs of Detroit and elsewhere chose uncommitted on the ballot in protest of Biden's foreign policy, among them Congresswoman Rashida Tlaib. I was proud today to walk in and pull a Democratic ballot and vote uncommitted. That gave uncommitted more than 13 percent of the vote compared to Biden's 81 percent. Michigan offers an uncommitted option as a way of questioning whether a named candidate has the support of the party's base. It's not clear how many of those votes were protesting Biden's Gaza policy. The thousands of people who still work at a Ford plant in Dearborn, Michigan, and at other factories across Michigan and other Midwest states helped forge those states' politics. These blue-collar voters were, for many years, reliable Democrats. But in 2016, a big group of them, mostly white, helped Donald Trump capture the presidency, including an unexpected win in Michigan. More from Jimmy Veilkind, reporter at the Wall Street Journal. Jimmy set this up. 
you know, Michigan and many other Midwestern states are still defined in large part by the industrial base that really fueled their growth in the latter part of the 20th century. Uh, if you look at the Michigan electorate overall, there is a greater share of voters without a college degree than in other states. And Michigan still has a higher than the national share of manufacturing jobs for its economy. So these voters really do have a big influence on the state's politics and they have been sought consistently by both political parties but historically democrats have had real success and they formed the bedrock of the democratic base donald trump flipped that starting in 2016 when he spoke directly to working class people mostly white working class people uh, when he promised to raise tariffs to prevent foreign imports, uh, and when he had tough stances about immigration and some other social issues. It's these kinds of stances, experts and some of the voters I spoke with said, that led him to win Michigan in 2016 by a pretty narrow margin, a little less than 11,000 votes. Uh, and even as he lost to President Biden in 2020, he still maintained this slice of the electorate as his base. Okay, so what happened then from 2016 to 2020, where he went well, from the win to the at, loss? If you just look at the turnout from Michigan, you can see that the number of votes from the city of Detroit uh, increased vastly between 2016 and 2020. That was a big boost for Democrats. And we've also seen the effects of something of a realignment of both parties with regard to voters. And it's, it's pretty evident in Detroit, and you can break it down not to be too simplistic, but you have Wayne County, which includes the city of Detroit as its largest entity. Uh, and then to the northeast, you have Macomb County. This has been traditionally the working class blue collar suburbs of Detroit. Uh, and then to the northwest, you have Oakland County, which was more of the white collar suburbs of Detroit. In recent years, Democrats have found great success in those white collar suburbs. And indeed, if you look at President Biden's margins in Michigan in 2020 compared to Hillary Clinton in 2016, he did much better in those areas, as we saw highly educated voters perhaps be turned off by some of the things they saw from President Trump. Hmm. But Trump held on to Macomb County. He held on to those blue collar suburbs that, again, we think of as prime territory for Democrats. Uh, there was some polling out of South Carolina that sort of backs up this premise. Uh, among voters without a college degree, Donald Trump beat Nikki Haley 71% to 27%. But among voters with a college degree, it's basically even. 48% yeah. went for Nikki Haley, 50% went for Donald Trump. So it's these, to use the phrase of a political consultant I interviewed, these lunch bucket voters, which again, we've established, have a, a pretty strong influence in Michigan and other states in the upper Midwest. Uh, it's Trump's enduring appeal to these kind of voters that have put him on the track to the GOP nomination and will, of course, be a very important demographic in play in a general election in November if it comes back to a rematch between Donald Trump and President Biden. We're speaking with Jimmy Vielkind, reporter at The Wall Street Journal. His piece is called To Understand Trump's Staying Power with the White Working Class, Look at Michigan. All right, so we have the scenario, too, where the United Auto Workers Union uh, has endorsed Biden, uh, but they do admit there's a significant portion of them that support Trump, correct? How does, and, and how does that play out? 
Well, this this kind of came up to me in, in instances since 2016 when I've been walking on picket lines. Uh, you meet a lot of union members uh, and people who are on strike tend to be angry union members uh, who are pretty politically conservative and, and who have been in line and have been Trump supporters. Uh, that was the case in Michigan. Thanks, Jimmy. Jimmy Vielkind, reporter at The Wall Street Journal. This year, Dell Technologies wants to help you do amazing things with their best tech. For a limited time only, save on select next-gen PCs like the XPS 13 Plus, powered by Intel Core processors and more. Plus, curate your dream setup with great deals on select monitors, mice, and more must-have electronics and accessories. When you shop online at dell.com deals, you'll have access to leading-edge technology to match your forward-thinking spirit and free shipping on everything. Again, that's dell.com deals. Thanks for joining us on this Wednesday. A disaster declaration has been declared in Texas due to widespread wildfires in the Panhandle. Dry vegetation and high winds were fueling the rapid growth of blazes. The declaration by Governor Greg Abbott includes 60 counties. Several large wildfires ignited Monday under warm, dry, and windy conditions across the Panhandle. Canadian, a town in the Panhandle, was first told to evacuate and then to shelter in place. Erin O'Connor with Texas A&M Forest Service says among the blazes, the Smokehouse Creek Fire in Hutchinson County has burned 250,000 acres and is 0% contained as of last evening. Certainly the entire Panhandle is at risk, um, but that northern area near the Amarillo, Canadian, Tampa area, um, that seems to be where um, we're having a lot of wildfire growth at this time. Pantex, the main facility that assembles and disassembles America's nuclear arsenal, shut down its operations last night because of nearby wildfires, but the plant's operators said overnight on social media that it is open for normal shift operations for Wednesday. 20 minutes after the hour on This Morning, here's Nicole Murray. And now, the three big things you need to know. Number one. President Biden and congressional leaders say they are confident a government shutdown will be avoided at the end of the week. House Speaker Mike Johnson. We're very optimistic. I, I hope that the other leaders came out here and told you the same. We believe that we can get to agreement on these issues and prevent a government shutdown. A deal regarding additional aid for Ukraine, however, has not been agreed upon. The first government funding deadline is Saturday. The second is March 8th. Number two. Donald Trump won Michigan's Republican presidential primary yesterday with rival Nikki Haley coming in a distant second. Trump after the victory. We're going to make America great again, greater than ever before. And I just want to thank everybody. You've been incredible. And I'm so proud of the results because they're far greater than anticipated. Meanwhile, President Biden won Michigan's Democratic presidential primary, but lost votes from those who are angry over his support for Israel's war, Israel's war against Hamas. Fifteen states will hold votes on March 5th, also known as Super Tuesday. Number three. Texas Governor Greg Abbott issued a disaster declaration yesterday after windy and dry conditions resulted in widespread wildfires in the Panhandle. Assistant Fire Chief Stephen Skipper. I know several people personally that have lost their homes in Canadian. I know some of my family members have lost their home there. Evacuation orders have been issued in the area. A jury found two men guilty of murder in the 2002 killing of Jam Master Jay in a New York City recording studio. Carl Jordan Jr. and Ronald Washington were accused of killing the hip-hop icon in a drug deal. Jordan and Washington face at least 20 years behind bars and a maximum of life in prison. 
The price of Wendy's food items could soon fluctuate throughout the day. That is because the fast food giant is going to experiment with surge pricing, which is the practice of increasing the price of goods or services when demand is high. Wendy's will begin testing surge pricing in 2025. Wendy's customers have expressed outrage, some even calling for a boycott. Yeah. I mean, everybody's doing it, it seems, these days. You get the digital board. It's easy to press a button and it's make crap. the price of a burger 20 cents higher. It's crap. What does the future of mobility in Michigan sound like? It's the sound of new EV charging stations at our state parks. Discover all the ways MEDC is driving next-gen mobility in Michigan at michiganbusiness.org slash radio. Thanks for joining us. There's a reason the pilots can tell flight attendants to halt food and beverage service but can't order them off the plane. Making you comfortable is a perk, but keeping you safe is why they're there. More about their work and pay from Zach Wichter, travel writer at USA Today. Zach, what did you look at? So I think there can be a misconception about what flight attendants do, because the time that flight attendants most often interact with passengers is when they're doing the food service, the drink service, snacks, etc. But that's not really their job. I mean, it's part of their job description. It's something that they do on pretty much every flight, but that's not the reason they're there. The reason that they're there is to keep everyone safe, uh, and especially in, in the event of an emergency, to make sure that people know what they have to do and can get out or get to safety as quickly and efficiently as possible. There was a time, if I recall, where there were something along the lines of like, size and weight requirements is that still a thing you know hips can't be too big because you got to fit down the aisle maybe you know beer bellies are out or something like that is that still a thing so it's true that there used to be size and weight requirements for flight attendants but it wasn't for any safety reason it was because airlines were misogynistic and had opinions about what women should look <laughs> oh, like geez. because okay. those uh those restrictions <laughs> didn't really apply to men um, it was kind of at the same era that flight attendants were not allowed to be married. So that should give you an idea of where that came from. I didn't know that that was a thing. At one time, flight attendants weren't allowed to be married? Right, exactly. I never heard yeah. that. Wow. Yep. Yeah. Wow. So All right, airlines, anyway. have, airlines have fortunately come a long way from, from <laughs> that period. Um, but yeah, th those restrictions did exist and they were for the grossest possible reasons. Jeez, I did not realize that. All right, so moving away from the uh, sensational injection by me, uh, what about the training <laughs> that they go through? Yeah, so flight attendants are really trained very rigorously. Um, and every airline has a slightly different training program, but it really, again, comes down to safety. Some of the flight attendants, or one of the flight attendants who I spoke to for this piece pointed out that it was a multi-week training course where they were learning to do things like fight fires, treat medical emergencies on board, you know, deploy the slide, all those sort of safety protocols that they need to be familiar with. And that cabin service was one day of that multi-week course. So that really shows you kind of what the priorities are and what they're really there to do. Wow. We're speaking with Zach Wichter. He writes the cruising altitude column at USA Today. His piece is called Flight Attendants Aren't there to just pour drinks i found it fascinating too with regards to how they get paid once they show up at the airport like the the, the the like the pay clock hasn't started yet it doesn't start till they get on the plane which means they could be there for hours and not get paid right and not even at most airlines just when they get on the plane the boarding door has to be closed so at most airlines when you're getting on the plane and the flight attendant is standing there greeting you at the door kind of you know hanging up your coat helping you put something in the overhead bin passing out headphones, whatever, 
none of that is paid at most airlines. Jeez. For most flight attendants, pay doesn't start until the door closes and then their pay clock stops when the door opens. So same thing at the other end of the flight when passengers are getting off the plane and flight attendants are trying to herd all of those hundreds of cats mm -hmm. that are trying to leave. Um, they're not getting paid for that either. Wow. Thanks, Zach. Zach Wichter, travel writer at USA Today. Hey, it's Gordon Deal here to tell you about this game-changing product I use before having a couple of cocktails called Z-Biotics. I can easily feel lousy from just one drink, but I've now found something that helps avoid that miserable feeling the next morning. Z-Biotics Pre-Alcohol Probiotic Drink. It's the world's first genetically engineered probiotic. It was invented by PhD scientists trying to eliminate that crummy feeling the following day. Here's how it works. When you drink, Alcohol gets converted into a toxic byproduct in the gut. It's this byproduct, not dehydration, that's to blame for your rough next day. Zbiotics produces an enzyme to break this byproduct down. Just remember to make Zbiotics your first drink of the night. Whether you're sitting down at home for movie night or maybe out with friends, drink responsibly and you'll feel your best tomorrow. Go to zbiotics.com/gordon to get 15% off your first order when you use Gordon at checkout. That's zbiotics.com/gordon and use the code Gordon at checkout for 15% off. The news without the nonsense. You're listening to America's First News this morning with Gordon Deal. Thanks for being with us. Welcome into Wednesday, February 28. Gordon Deal, Nicole Murray. Some of our top stories and headlines. Government shutdown fears are fading. Trump and Biden win Michigan, but more than 100,000 voted uncommitted in the Democratic primary. Apple dropping efforts to build an electric vehicle. New York's mayor is breaking with the sanctuary city mindset. He wants to deport migrants even suspected of serious crimes. Super Bowl ads did not help sales of Bud Light. Modelo remains the bestseller. And the 99-year-old from New Orleans, honored by the French for his service in World War II. That story in about 20 minutes. According to Digiday, more Americans are pursuing freelance work instead of a full-time job. Are you ready to jump on the trend? Here's career expert Julie Bauke, known as Julie on the Job. Julie, your take. You know, the layoffs, if you just even look at the last six months, the number of layoffs, it is just like wave upon wave of every company you can think of saying we're laying off X number of people or 10% of our workforce. And so any last thread of belief or thought that there is any sort of employer-employee relationship is is really just disappearing. The employer, it has, the, it has become tactical. It has become a tactical relationship in that I, you know, I'm going to come in, you're going to keep me around as long as um, I, it works for you, and I'm going to stay as long as it works for me. And what people are discovering is all the things that maybe they liked about being with a company, because there are pluses. I mean, freelancing is not for everybody, um, that those are eroding. And a lot of these people are saying the, the benefits, when I compare the benefits of having a steady paycheck dumped into my, my account every two weeks and unemployment taxes, I mean, tax with um, taxes withheld and health care and all that, that's all nice because when you freelance, you have to do that stuff for yourself. And that's, that's not a lot of fun. But um, more people are saying, you know what? I'd rather bet on myself than put all my eggs in a company's basket. Yeah. And, and we're going to see this continue because there's still this push around people want freedom and flexibility 
And all we see is employers ratcheting that back because they don't trust their people. They don't set effective measures for productivity and efficiency. They don't tell people what's expected of them. It's crazy what that that gap is between what employees uh, what employees know and expect from their employer and what the employer actually thinks they should be providing. So that gap is getting wider, which makes more people want to say, you know what, I'm I'm tired of this. I've been laid off three times in the last year. Yeah. We're speaking with Julie Bauke, career expert known as Julie on the job, and we're talking about. Many workers flocking to freelance after this series of layoffs we've seen. Um, imagine what the workers' landscape would look like or the job market would look like if we were not so tied to employee-sponsored health care. Right? If healthcare, oh, boy. Right? If healthcare oh, was boy. reasonably affordable. Yes. Because it, it's, I mean, we, we like, for instance, I'm, I, I have my health care through the Affordable Care Act, and it works fine. But it's not affordable for everyone. It's not. Um, but if you untethered healthcare, I just personally can think of several people I know right off the top of my head who say the only reason I'm still at this company is for the healthcare because my spouse is doing um, is doing more freelance work and they don't have healthcare. If you unbundled it and made it affordable, that would be. Uh, that would be a huge problem for employers. Certainly, they're, it's, it's, it's expensive, so they would love to not have the cost of it anymore. But I think their ability to attract and retain would, con, would continue to wane. And so that's probably why it won't happen, because I'm sure there is a lobby that says, uh, you know, we don't want that. Let's keep people tethered to employers, because yeah. it's, it's not where it used to be the only path. It, 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 companies didn't have to do much but the basics. And now Gen Z's come along and said, nope, that's not going to work for us anymore. And they, you know, they're, they're willing to walk if, if it doesn't work. And um, that's, you know, that, that gives employers nightmares as it should, because it's, it's not going to go back the other way. I think, you know, I'm very confident when I say that. How do you know, by the way, if you're cut out for freelance work? So you have to start thinking about, you ha here are the things to think about. You have to have a bookkeeper, or you have to have you have to be good at that yourself. You have to have um, some sort of uh, attorney help you do some things. You have to set up your health care outside. You have to put money aside to pay your taxes because there's no taxes being withheld from the checks you get from your clients. And you also have to be comfortable in a business development role. So if if a lot of those things scare the crap out of you, it's probably not for you. But I will also tell you, there are people that will do some of those things for you. The biggest thing is probably if you're going to, let's say you're going to be a freelance graphic designer and you're on a, you know, a 60-day project, you have to still set aside some time to fill the pipeline for when that project is done. Thanks, Julie. Julie Bauke, known as Julie on the job. Today's mic drop is brought to you by Dell. For your small business needs, call a Dell Technologies advisor today at 877-ASK-DELL. Hey, thanks for spending time with us. Welcome into Wednesday. Time now for the mic drop with this morning's Mike Gavin. Good morning. Well, it's been in the news this week that we might start to have to pay more to buy our fast food during busy times. So you can't blame someone for trying to score a sweet treat at 2 a.m. However, if you do roll through the drive-thru after midnight, you do have to prepare for some hijinks. One example comes, uh, comes to us via TikTok where one person documented their experience trying to get some late-night ice cream over the weekend. In the clip, the woman says she asked for ice cream at 
at the ordering screen, only to be served a cup of ice with several unopened half-and-halves perched up, up on top. Not exactly what she had in mind. The clip's been watched over 400,000 times, and you bet that commenters had jokes, many applauding the jokesters behind the counter for their sense of humor. Others weren't so sure it was a joke, with one commenter writing that one time they asked for a cheeseburger with just cheese, and all they got was a bun with cheese and no burger. Others thought they were playing with fire to begin with, asking for ice cream at Mickey D's at 2 a.m. when the machines are famously hardly ever working, even during the day. Ah. That's probably what it was, right? Just the, the machine wasn't working. Maybe. So just like, look, this, Maybe. Is, this is the best we can do for you it's clever, at 2 though. in the morning here. Very clever. I, mean, I guess. So so in, in blending these two ideas now mm-hmm. of the dynamic pricing or the surge pricing yeah, and the 2 a.m. customer. Right. When you see somebody roll up at 2 a.m., are you immediately changing the ice cream to like ten dollars? Oh, I see. Because these are desperate customers. That's when true. When you show up at McDonald's at two a.m., you're desperate. Yeah. Right. It should actually be reverse, right? Right. It shouldn't be during busy times that they increase <laughs> right. the prices. It should be during those times. Yeah. Because that's the you know you're you're desperate for some kind of food. Yeah. You, you know, night out. Probably it was over the weekend. They were probably mm-hmm. out drinking. Oh, sure. And you know that that kind of hunger yep. needs something to quench it immediately. Yep. And the only choice might be McDonald's. So yeah, that mm-hmm. is the time to raise the prices. Ten bucks for the ice cream, fifteen dollars for fries. Yeah, two bucks for extra salts. <laughs> oh, you get clobbered at two a.m. Yeah. with dynamic pricing. And you, you would actually pay it most this, likely. It's the most desperate of customers at that, two a.m. Yes. And speaking of not getting what you paid for, you can imagine that after the success of the Wonka movie, a new generation of kids is eager to be transported to the magical chocolate factory. What they got was a whole lot less magical. Police in Scotland were called in to investigate after irate customers paid forty-five dollars each for something called Willie chocolate experience lured in by ai photos promises of confectionery dreams brought to life and enchanting surprises at every turn as reported by the guardian customers showed up to find a sparsely decorated warehouse with a scattering of plastic props a small bouncy castle and some backdrops pinned against the walls a scene which some liken to a meth lab <laughs> yes yeah. organizers denied they intentionally duped anyone they apologized and they wound up refunding the tickets they wound up refunding the tickets, but they denied intentionally duping anyone. Yeah, I yeah. see. Yeah, well, I guess they said they had hoped uh, that the event would come out better, and uh, they were disappointed by by I don't know what, what happened was, along the way. There was apparently some missteps along the way, yeah. but uh, they advertised it as something much grander for sure. I, I think one word would would describe this mm-hmm. disgrace. Uh, well, sure, yes. Or or in Scotland, disgrace <laughs> would be like three <laughs> syllables. Disgrace. <Yeah. laughs> you can hear that being bandied about the warehouse, can't you? <laughs> Hey, it's Gordon Deal. Say goodbye to the hassle of meal prep and hello to ready-to-eat meals from Factor. With Factor, you get chef-created delights approved by dietitians. Choose from over 35 mouth-watering options each week, plus over 55 nutrition-packed add-ons. Stop spending precious time cooking and cleaning. Factor offers restaurant-quality meals in two minutes. From dinners to breakfast, snacks, and smoothies, Factor is the perfect solution if you're looking for fast, upscale options. It's the convenient choice that's easier on your wallet than takeout, with flexible plans from 6 to 18 meals per week and the option to pause or reschedule deliveries. Factor fits seamlessly into your life with no prep, no mess. Ready for a week of hassle-free, delicious dining? Visit factormeals.com slash deal50 and use code deal50 to get 50% off. Again, use code deal50 at factormeals.com slash deal50 to get 50% off. Thanks for being with us. Welcome into Wednesday. Is it true 
that women get colder than men? Or do they just complain? No, that's not part of the story. Temperature preferences do appear to vary by sex. In general, men prefer colder environments, while women often opt for warmer ones. The Washington Post says research shows that women tend to perform better on certain skills when the temp is a little warmer, making them more productive, while men tend to perform better when the temp is a bit cooler. Several reasons women tend to be more sensitive to cold. They typically are smaller, meaning they have a relatively higher skin surface-to-volume ratio, causing them to lose heat faster. They also have less heat-generating muscle tissue and a lower metabolic rate. That's the heat-inducing process in which their bodies burn calories for energy. Research has also shown that women tend to have a lower skin temperature, especially on their hands, which may make them feel colder than men. Eight minutes now in front of the hour on This Morning. Once again, here's Nicole Murray. And now, the three big things you need to know. Number one. Officials from Israel, Hamas, and Qatar have cautioned against President Biden's optimism that a ceasefire deal could be reached by the end of the week. National Security Council spokesman John Kirby. We believe that we are getting closer. And and while we don't want to sound too sanguine or Pollyannish about it, We do think that there's been some serious negotiations. Qatar officials say the goal is to reach an agreement before the beginning of Ramadan on March 10th. Number two. Alabama Republican lawmakers have introduced two pieces of legislation that propose legal immunity for in vitro fertilization providers so clinics can resume services. Illinois Illinois Senator Tammy Duckworth. If you're thinking that this makes no, no sense, you're right. The very people who claim to be defending family values are actively trying to enact policies that would actually prevent Americans from creating those families. IVF treatments have been on hold since Alabama's Supreme Court ruled that frozen embryos are children. Number three. Multiple tornadoes were reported in Chicago yesterday as a cluster of strong thunderstorms barreled through the area. Downpours, strong winds, and lightning resulted in massive damage. Chicago resident Lauren Cramp. Just everything was missing. There was parts of the roof weren't there, parts of the roof were in our yard. It's all over the place. Chicago now braces for single-digit temperatures this morning. Police say an American couple whose catamaran was hijacked last week in the Caribbean by three escaped prisoners are likely thrown into the ocean. Ralph Hendry and Kathy Brendel are presumed dead. The three convicts are back in police custody. And on National Pancake Day, a Tennessee breakfast-themed house fashioned after a stack of pancakes is available for three-night stays on four dates in March. The Ego House of Pancakes is furnished with breakfast-inspired decor, including pancake bedding with strawberries and cream sheets and a butter-shaped chimney. The kitchen is stocked with Ego's frozen pancakes and a maple syrup fountain. I will need a side of sausage with those pancakes. How many pancakes do you think you could eat in one sitting? Like Twelve. if I chow- Really? Yeah. Like full size? Oh, full plate size? I don't know about that. Five? Okay. Okay. I gotta go five. Five. I need the side of sausage or we're not having this conversation anymore. <laughs> Pure opportunity. It's what Michigan is all about. The opportunity to do more. The opportunity for all businesses to reach their full potential. Visit michiganbusiness.org slash radio to discover all the ways the MEDC is helping Michigan thrive. Thanks for being with us. A 99-year-old New Orleans businessman, best known as the city, uh, best known in the city as a proprietor of his family's landmark hat store, has been honored by the president of France for his military service during World War II. Fox News says Samuel Meyer, who still puts in a few days a week at Meyer the Hatter, 
was awarded the rank of Chevalier, or Knight of the National Order of the Legion of Honor. Drafted at age 18, Meyer was a corporal with the 485th Fighter Squadron, 370th Fighter Group, 9th Air Force. He was stationed at various times in Britain, Belgium, France, and Germany. He loaded bombs and ammunition on P-38 fighter planes. As he explained after yesterday's ceremony, I had to put the bullets in the guns. The award was bestowed on behalf of the French president by the French ambassador, Laurent Bealy, who pinned a medal to Meyer's lapel as Meyer's wife of 64 years looked on with friends, family, and museum visitors. That'll do it for this hour. For Nicole Murray and Mike Gavin, I'm Gordon Deal. Thanks for listening to This Morning, America's First News. This year, Dell Technologies wants to help you do amazing things with their best tech. For a limited time only, save on select next-gen PCs like the XPS 13 Plus, powered by Intel Core processors and more. Plus, curate your dream setup with great deals on select monitors, mice, and more must-have electronics and accessories. When you shop online at dell.com deals, you'll have access to leading-edge technology to match your forward-thinking spirit and free shipping on everything. Again, that's dell.com deals.